Send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel Hello and welcome to another episode of the Send the Light podcast. I am Matt Tyson here with brother Michael Bolton and today we uh, have a special guest with us. We've got brother Austin Maddox here with us from uh, Columbia, Missouri. This week here in Waterloo here at the, the congregation that brother Michael and I attend, we've got five days of gospel preaching by our friend and brother uh, Austin Maddox. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's a real pleasure. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, brother Austin is not a not a uh, a stranger to podcasts. <laughs> has a, has a little bit of podcast experience. A little bit, you know. Uh, uh, hosted a podcast for for a few months. I, you were a guest on there, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought so. I forget what we talked about. Uh, handling emergencies. Right. It was like during COVID, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Responding to Christ, humanity in crisis. That was the name of it. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and it was right there during COVID yep. and during lockdown. So uh, it was a really nice way to, to interact with people and, uh, you know, get people on the phone that you wouldn't normally uh, be interacting with. So, so yeah, I guess that's all the podcasts like too, right? Yep. So we've had, uh, so we've got today's Thursday and we will be having a service tonight, Lord willing at seven o'clock. I imagine this may be a little bit late coming out by that point, but, um, we've got services tomorrow at 7 PM, Saturday at 4 PM and Sunday at 10 30 a.m. and 4 p.m. I'm sure uh, Brother Michael will reiterate that at our close, too. Whatever we can do to, to pressure you to join us this week is the goal. That's right. So uh, last night, Brother Austin spoke on Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 10, and kind of some of the, the misconceptions that are oftentimes applied to those passages and how we can correctly interpret um, those passages. So we're glad you've tuned in with us today. We're looking forward to today's conversation. As always, our hope and our prayer with this podcast is that we're able to help bring relevant, important Bible topics to your attention and explore what the Bible has to say about those topics. If you're listening or you're watching and you're with us here in the Waterloo, Cedar Falls area, area that we'd love to uh, have you visit with us. We'd love to, to meet with you and study with you if at all uh, you are interested. You can find us here uh, at, at the where we meet to assemble at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo. You'll find us here normally Sundays at 1030 uh, a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have free resources that we can send to you. We've got Bible study courses by mail, articles, tracks, uh, you name it. But we also love studying Studying with uh, studying with folks in person, meeting when over a cup of coffee or cup of tea. If that's not your, if coffee's not your cup of tea, we can have a cup of tea, and uh, we would we would love that opportunity. So uh, feel free to reach out to us on our website at www.cedarterracecoc.com. You can find our Facebook page or YouTube pages with the handle at Cedar Terrace COC or the email address or phone numbers listed on the screen or in the podcast notes. So we talked a couple of weeks ago about this podcast and uh, kind of left it up to Brother Austin on what we're going to talk about today. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we can expect from today's episode. So lately, um, me and brother from uh, congregation where I attend in Columbia uh, have been studying really hard and working on 
some material on the topic of pattern theology. And um, that's kind of a fancy way of describing the fact that we follow patterns in the Bible, that there are identifiable patterns in the Bible for what we do and uh, how we worship and things like that. And, and proving that that's the case, uh, I think, is going to be largely what we focus on today and why patternism, pattern theology, um, is, a, is a viable way, a uh, reliable way of looking at, at the Bible. And uh, Brother uh, Mike Austin and I were talking earlier about kind of previous episodes on this podcast and and how when we focus on kind of the the milk of the word, so to speak, and these these basic fundamental Bible topics, it all circles back to patterns. It all circles. That's right. It's all uh, ultimately it's about authority of God's word in our life and the, the use of patterns is one of a handful of ways that God has inspired the scripture writers to teach us his will. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know I'm looking forward to our conversation. Uh, sure you are too, if I could speak for you. I've already given a whole series of lessons on authority here. So. Oh, so we might be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we normally do, why don't, uh, would you mind opening us up in a word of prayer for our study? Gracious Father, we thank you for the day that you blessed us with, for the health and the uh, energy to be here to study a portion of your word with our friends. We pray, Lord, that the things that we say will be good, uh, useful and beneficial to the kingdom and that it will be useful and beneficial to those who hear. We ask you, Father, to let the seeds that we're trying to plant here find fertile soil so that we can uh, study with folks and learn to teach them and help them to learn your will in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you start for us? Tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself, what you're doing. Absolutely. So my name is Austin Maddox. Um, I'm an evangelist with the Rice Road Church of Christ in Columbia, Missouri, and I've been doing that for almost four years now. So uh, time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. So I guess they like you all right, huh? I guess, or, or they're, they're too afraid to say anything. I don't know. <laughs> I, no, that's not the case. Uh, I love those people down there. Uh, we have a great um, relationship, I feel like. It's a, it's a really good congregation. And um, now I'm going, uh, going to school at uh, Central Christian College of the Bible. Uh, which is a uh, college there in uh, kind of that surrounding area, um, pursuing a degree there. And uh, I have a dog. His name is Bandit. Uh, and uh, he's, he's staying with my sister right now. I miss him a lot. So, uh, you know, can't go wrong with dogs. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. And... Uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here to talk about the Bible. It's my favorite favorite topic. Awesome. Very cool. So when you when you talk about pattern theology, um, have you ever heard that term before, Brother Mike? I had never heard the term pattern theology before. Uh, so I, I've got an idea in my mind on kind of a, a synopsis of what that means, but define pattern theology for us. Yeah, so... 
pattern theology or patternism is probably a better way of looking at it. It's just the fact and looking at the Bible and interpreting the scriptures with the understanding that God has put patterns in place for us to follow and that these are patterns that we can follow. Um, and that that was God's intention from the very beginning is that Christianity revolves around identifiable patterns for how we live the Christian life, how we serve him, um, how we worship and, and things of this nature. So uh, that may not be the, the dictionary definition, but that's how I look at, at patternism, at pattern theology. Um, that's how we interpret the scriptures. Does that kind of go along it's with your... Spot on, I think so. Uh, Glad you're right. <laughs> that's not that I'm the authority on that. But are there rules that tell us what is a pattern and what is not a pattern? Mm. I think so. I think that um, when we look at Scripture, that there are usually three main ways that we can identify what a pattern is or what God expects us to do. But uh, probably use that phrase frequently as we go along. Um, because what God expects us to do, what he expects us to understand, I think we can derive from specific commands, right? Okay. So, thus saith the Lord, you must do this. That, mm -hmm. That's a pretty easily identifiable thing where we can say, okay, this is a, uh, a pattern. He's telling us to do this. We recreate that now here in this time, and and we can do exactly what God told these people to do. So that's one way. Another way is if we see uh, examples carried out. So, for example, uh, we know that the disciples uh, gathered together on the first day of the week in Acts 20 and verse 7, right? Um, that's an identifiable pattern that we can say, okay, we see these Christians doing it, so we can do this as well. That's an mm -hmm. identifiable pattern. Um, and then there is necessary inference, and which is kind of a fancy way of saying this is something that is good and right to do because we can derive that logically, yep. right? It's not uh, it's not something where we have to pick through and uh, you know put some puzzle together. It's just it's right there in the open, and we can use our God given ability to discern to say this is a good thing to do uh, well the the loaf and the lord's supper yeah. being unleavened you know it was during the passover right it was leavening throughout scripture is all you know never seen as a righteous you know it's always uh you know pointed out to be compared to sin right um and so we can we can take that implication mm -hmm. and recognize that our loaves with the Lord's Supper to be unleavened. That's right. You know? That's right. Because in the passages that talk about the Lord's Supper, for example, it just says bread. Mm -hmm. So it does take a little bit of discernment, but the answer to that, that question of what type of bread it is, is in the surrounding verses. So it takes reading things in context and, and just simple application of these things, what type of in that mm -hmm. example, what time of bread this is, because it was during the days of the Feast of Unleavened mm -hmm. Bread, so therefore it was unleavened yep. bread. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, I think those are the three main ways that we can identify what a pattern 
is, and specifically a New Testament pattern. We should we should emphasize that as well. Um, there are plenty of patterns, obviously, in the Old Testament, but we're focused on on New Testament patterns. Mm-hmm. Now, we uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, so patterns are meant to be followed, right? Mm-hmm. And and I would say that the patterns we read of in Scripture are meant to be followed. How closely? Like, for example, if I go to the store and I buy, <laughs> and I buy a pattern yeah. uh, for, for a dress, well, I should say my wife buys a pattern for a dress because uh, I don't know how to sew. Okay. But, you know, she can take that pattern and make it whatever size she wants. Uh, what would you say to that? Well, uh, I've, I've heard that example used before and... We had this conversation earlier, so there's a little bit of humor behind <laughs> there, it. Yeah, it's an inside joke, so so sorry for, for that. But there is um, a school of thought that patternism is, is really just a generic thing, that it's not very specific in nature. And lots of times when people use that type of reasoning and logic, um, it seems to me, this may not always be the case, and certainly um, if you believe this, maybe this doesn't apply to you, but it seems like it's used so that they can hold on to a specific thing that they do, rather than identifying exactly what New Testament Christianity looks like. Um, if we just say that patterns are generic in nature, then it's it's more so what can we bring along with us type of mm-hmm. attitude. So I think patterns are specific things. So are you trying to say that the pattern has a limit to where it can be altered a little bit, but stay within the pattern? Right. I, I think so. Um, there is... And in this way, I wouldn't even say that it changes the pattern necessarily. Correct, yeah. The pattern exists in its current form. Now, the location changes, the time changes, obviously. So, you know, we're 2,000 years removed from from a lot of the events we read of in the New Testament. But uh, just because these things happened in, you know, the Middle East all all these years ago, that doesn't mean that that pattern can't be uh, duplicated today. So using the example that Matt used just a minute ago about uh, the bread and the Lord's Supper, I was working with a brother in a foreign country, and we were teaching, trying to teach new converts about how to make the loaf. Mm-hmm. And this brother insisted on having wheat flour. Mm-hmm. And I spent half the night trying to find the pattern for that in the scripture. Yeah, I could not. Right. So what this does, it brings me to a point that um, I think the silence of the scripture guides the limit of the pattern mm, to yes. where we can we can say this is the pattern but this is the limit to where it can be not change the pattern but right apply apply that's yes. a good way to say it. yeah um so i was studying this recently um on silence of the scriptures and whether silence is authoritative or not mm-hmm. so there's a there's a large discussion on that and the example i use is water baptism okay so uh in acts chapter 10 uh, the latter part of that chapter says there that peter commanded them to be baptized in water right 
that's a paraphrase. That's not exactly what it says. So, but anyway, uh, what type of water? There's lots of types of water. Uh, is that sparkling water? Is that ocean water? Uh, is that you know river? Is it a stream? Is it a pond? Uh, is it a you know a hot tub? Well, we're not told. Where were they baptized? We don't know. Well, we see example throughout the book of Acts. I mean, it, first of all. Every conversion experience in the New Testament included water baptism That's for the remission of sins. Right. There is there's there's nothing else except for that strong uh, pattern. Strong pattern. That yes. And we see example through the through those examples. We see that the type of water varied, mm-hmm. but it was all water. Yes. And and I think when you come to uh, what you were talking about as far as how far you can take the pattern. Uh, I can't sit here and say all, all people must be baptized in sparkling water in order to be saved. <laughs> Some people may like that. I wouldn't. But, um, exfoliation. But yeah, exfoliation. But that's not a pattern. Because we don't see anybody baptized with sparkling water. We never see a command, an example, mm-hmm. and we can't even logically deduce that that would be a pattern for them to follow. Right. So um, we do see a pattern of baptism, right? Because we see it over and over and over again. Book of Acts, people were baptized mm-hmm. in water. But the type of water is up to... I think that falls under silence. It does. Use that. God didn't... Uh, he didn't see a need. The Holy Spirit saw no need to explicitly tell us what type of water to use. Therefore, we have freedom in that. Mm-hmm. So for those who, who may watch this video, the key point of baptism is immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The type of water, it can be a baptistry in the church building, it can be a river, a creek, a swimming pool, an ocean. I baptize people in, in all of those things and a hot tub. I don't really <laughs> like a hot tub, but that's personal yeah. preference. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's some movement in the pattern, mm-hmm. but there's some limits to, to what it can, well, how, how it's applied. In episode six of this podcast, which I'd encourage you to, whatever you're watching or listening to this now on, you can go back and check out lesson six. Yeah. Episode six, we talked with uh, my father-in-law, brother Matt Enos on singing and um, and the, the scriptural pattern for how God wants us to worship him through our music. Um, I will give you a spoiler. Uh, I still hope that you'll go back and watch it, but the the pattern based on command and example is, and I guess necessary inference or implication, uh, is that God wants us to worship him with our voices. Now, many times, and that, that's the pattern. Yes. Um, and Brother Matt does a great job of going into that and sharing some, some examples. And, and please, please take the time to, to, to check out what he had to say on it. Um, but I, and I've, I've experienced this personally, perhaps you have too. Uh, sometimes when you're studying that topic with somebody that believes that other ways of worshiping God in music is, is acceptable, mm-hmm. they'll point to us and say, well, you use songbooks. Right. What, how does that fit into what you're talking about with a pattern? It's, Are we not changing the pattern by using songbooks? Right. So it's interesting. I, I wrote an article on this recently. So um, part of this discussion on silence of the scripture 
and um, is uh, AIDS, right? Does this help uh, facilitate um, following the pattern, essentially? So uh, frequently, what I hear um, being talked about, particularly with the music that we have in the worship service, is they will say that instruments are simply an aid. It's it's another way of making music. But what's interesting with patternism and pattern theology, I think, when you look at the actual pattern for what the Lord wants us to do, the silence of the scripture that falls under that is restricted to that specific category. There you go. So, and, and I think this is a very powerful point. So we were just talking about water, right? Um, it could be salt water, it could be fresh water, running water, uh, whatever type of water you want, but that's the category of mm -hmm. water. Now, if we said, we changed that and said, it just has to fall under liquid, then I could be baptized my dream baptism in Mountain Dew. <laughs> Co coffee. In, in coffee? I'm with you on coffee. Okay. So, you know, there's there's variations on that. You know, in that case, you could be baptized in, in whatever beverage you wanted uh, or, you know, toxic waste or, you know, whatever. Because at that point, you've changed the category. When you start changing the category, you've failed patternism. Mm -hmm. Patternism has to fall under the category. Real quick, right? Yeah. Right in line with what you're saying. If a person is baptized with the Holy Spirit, mm. as we see being done in the book of Acts in the New Testament, right. that is not what is required for individuals to become a Christian. That's right. I want to do it. I know there's lots of people in the world who seek for uh, a baptism of the Holy Spirit in, in some fashion mm -hmm. or other, and they think that is the thing because they see the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and Cornelius' house in Acts 10. Uh, they see people being baptized with the Holy Spirit. They think that's the what they've got to have. That's not the scriptural requirement for baptism for remission of sins or for salvation. That's right. That's right. Um, because again, it, it would violate the pattern. Yes. To say that yeah. it does that. Uh huh. And I love I love the example of Cornelius in particular because there you do have baptism of the Holy Spirit. And yes. what Peter command directly after that? These people need to be baptized with yes. water. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes a distinction between Holy Spirit baptism and water baptism. Right. Yeah, we see that with the disciples of John yes. also. 19, yeah. You know, they were baptized in water. Right. But it wasn't following the pattern that something something better was here. That's right. Um and with singing. For example, so a lot of people will say that instrumental music is just another, it's an aid. So you were talking about songbooks, yeah. um, but actually that's not the case. They're taking singing, which we see uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, we see it in Ephesians chapter 5, we see it in Colossians chapter 3, um, James chapter 5 also to um, uh, sing psalms, right? We see an example of singing, uh, even Paul and Silas in, mm -hmm. in jail. Uh, that is an identifiable pattern. You can see singing, singing, yep. singing, singing. And they say, we change the category. We don't sing. We, it's a different type of music. And they say that all that is necessary is music. 
And in that situation, yeah, you could have uh, singing with music, you could have choral, you could have a drum solo. All those are types of music. But what the biblical pattern is, is singing. Now, there are different types of singing, right? Um, you could sing a solo, you could do a chant, but those are types of singing. So for patternism, in where the silence of the scripture doesn't tell us exactly how to sing, Hopefully it's on key sometimes. It doesn't say you sing on key. No, just <laughs> thankful for that. It's a, it's a saving grace. So um, it doesn't specifically say what type of singing we're to do, but it is it still has to be singing. Yes. It's not just music. And patternism is recognizing what the Lord actually asks us to do and doing it. You know, uh, Brother Matt talked about this in, in episode six, but even the very term acapella, are you, are you familiar with what acapella means? Uh, singing is done in... In the chapel. In the chapel, yep. right. So the word, the word in and of itself demonstrated that many people today have fallen away from the pattern based even just on the vocabulary. Yes, and even historically speaking, you want to, um, this wasn't even a conversation in the quote unquote church. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say until 700, 800, AD, something like that. CE. Oh man. But, uh, common era. But anyway, it's, uh, that was the pattern for singing. The pattern was singing, Mm -hmm. I can say, um, for, for hundreds of years until there was a break in that pattern yeah and, and intro, introducing something that that god never talked about so what are some ways that people um perhaps us perhaps people may be tuning in on our episode today uh you know what what are how how are what are ways that we fail to honor a pattern some some common examples of that yeah i think there can be a lot of uh, several ways that we do that one of those is just not reading and not reading with a mindset of looking for what we need to be doing um patternism requires us to know the word of god I think sometimes, even myself sometimes, it makes us uncomfortable with that because that is a huge responsibility that I need to to be reading the scriptures in order for me to know what God expects out of me or what he wants us us to do. God is speaking to us today. How is he doing that? Through Through the word. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's, I understand that fear because it's, it's scary to, individually challenge tradition and say this is what we've always done this is what i've done all my life for me coming from a denominational standpoint this is the way i was raised i have multiple generations in my family in this way it's scary to read the scripture and say um that doesn't line up with what i see here right yeah that's that's a terrifying proposition because I think for, for a lot of us, none of us want to be wrong, right? Uh, none of us want to feel like we're in open rebellion mm-hmm. against God. But right. change 
such a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's, it's better it's better to plead ignorance or to plead traditionalism that this is what we've always done rather than investigate mm-hmm. and not that you have to deconstruct everything but we were talking about that it's not that you have to uh, literally tear down everything and question with the mind of a skeptic and uh, just this nasty type of approach to, to Bible study that's that's not Bible study frankly we, we go to the scripture and say what does this say you know for considering uh, the public teaching of the assembly. Yeah. What What are the guidelines in the Word of God for this? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a major challenge for for some people because they have long-standing traditions that can be violated. That's right. And and maybe uh, for one of our listeners or watchers, I guess, uh, you might be thinking, well, you know, maybe my my Bible knowledge, uh, you know, I don't, I can't thumb through the scriptures. I don't know where all these scriptures are at. Uh, here's some good news. Uh, I don't, for some of them either. You know what I use a lot of times? Google. <laughs> I type oh, it. you gave away our secret. I know. <laughs> and this is the beautiful part. So many people for uh, just decades and hundreds of years have created resources where we can look up specific topics so a lot of times what i'll do is i'll type in um teaching verses in the bible and there will be websites there are great resources where it just lists unbiased lists of these are the verses that talk about these things now again you have to be responsible you can't just lean on uh, you know wisdom of men that's right uh, but you have to examine these things in their proper context. Who is this speaking to? Um, you know, what was the what was the situation revolving around this? And, and read a little bit. But there are so many resources that can help you on these specific topics. If if you're questioning, hey, where I'm going to church now, are we are we following the the communion correctly? Uh, are we um, the teaching that we have? Uh, is it being done by the right person or in the right way? There are so many resources, and, and this is one of those resources, by the way. I think, uh, I'm not, I'll, I'm just a guest here, but uh, Matt and Michael are fantastic resources uh, in that as well, and they're more than happy to study uh, on these topics. So there's an abundance of resources out there where if you have questions, then I think we have the responsibility to pursue the answer. You know, um, when we when we talk about patterns and it is it's so important. And, and this is why Brother Mike and I have have reiterated this nearly every episode. This is not um, the the the. The intention of this podcast is not to come down and be like, you're wrong and you need to change. And this is us saying, hey, let's study together and make sure that what we're doing is right. Now, I believe that the way we worship is according to the pattern and 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 I'm willing to talk about it. I will defend what I believe with scripture and I can speak that for all of us, but I also would hope that we're not so close minded to where somebody can't say, well, brother, I think you're looking at this differently. Consider this. Yeah. Um, 
and and that's you know we just have to explore the scriptures but the important aspect that we need to remember you were talking about um considering are we doing this right are we doing that right those questions are so important for us to ask and the reason is is because the god who we serve deserves to be served and worshiped the way he's asked us to and you know we read in is uh, leviticus chapter 10 with nadab and abihu uh they were essentially worshiping god and they used, they relied on the wisdom of men, on their own wisdom to say, well, we think God would like this instead. <laughs> and they were killed. Yes. And that's the same God we serve today. The same God that, that viewed their improper worship with such disgust, with such anger, because he gave them the pattern and they fell away from it. We serve that same God today. He's just long suffering and patient with us. That's right. And and so I would encourage us us our viewers and listeners, you know, please think about and ask yourselves the questions, you know, especially when we when it comes to worshiping God, why do we sing or or why do we worship God in music this way why do we uh, teach this way or pray this way and let's make sure that it is according to the pattern try Austin said that we are a resource and I want to pick up on that for just a second we are only a resource our appeal is to the scripture that's right and I, I want to stress that um, absolutely and and to that point, as far as the the appeal to Scripture, um, and even to your point about Nadab and Abihu, there's a great verse in Hebrews chapter eight and verse five, and y'all probably know this. I'm reading out of the New King James. Um, it's talking here about uh, about the tabernacle. So Nadab and Abihu um, were priests for the tabernacle and they were supposed to be serving in the tabernacle. And the Lord gave them an identifiable pattern, and their specific uh, sin was because they offered strange fire, which means that they got the fire for the incense from the wrong place. God told them exactly where to get the fire. He said to get it from the bronze altar. And they, uh, they failed to do that. And God very much cared about that specific pattern. So Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5 says, um, well, I'll back up to verse 4. For if he, that is Jesus Christ, were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Now, I've heard an argument against this verse for, uh, from folks against patternism say, well, that just applied to Old Testament time. That um, God, that's talking about the tabernacle, has nothing to do with Christianity. But do we really think that our God uh, changed that radically from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that he no longer cares about how we worship him or how we live, and that he hasn't given us any kind of command, example, or necessary inference, a pattern for us to follow? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that, that God views 
you know, when, when people today attempt to worship him or attempt to to offer him a sacrifice, so to speak, in a way that he doesn't want, you know, he's he's not pleased by that. He, he doesn't want that. And we as his creation should seek to give him what he wants or what he deserves. Right. And it's just important that we recognize the importance of following that pattern. It's no different than strange fire. Mm -hmm. Because God, through the Holy Spirit, through the apostolic writings and examples, we know what God expects us. So we're using the word pattern a lot. (laughs) And it's not, that's not always the word that's used in, in, across the various versions available today. Yeah. The legacy standard says in Romans 6, verse 17, but thanks be to God that though you were the slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching to which you were given over. I think the New King James says the form of mm-hmm. doctrine or yes. something like that. So when we're reading the scriptures, we see over and over again, even in the New Testament, I might say, especially in the New Testament, because that's the era that we live in, that God has a pattern for our salvation, for our worship, for our life. Our life, yeah. Yes. And I think that verse is a great verse. I'm thrilled you brought it up because it says, you have obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching or that form of doctrine. So there are words that we see in the New Testament, such as the word doctrine, such as the word teaching, uh, the word the faith, mm-hmm. talks about in Jude verse three, uh, I believe in Romans chapter one, it even talks about this, um, that, uh, and Paul talks about this too, that he kept the faith. Yeah. It is the pattern yeah. of doctrine, the pattern of teaching. There is a consistency in how the early church, how the apostles presented the things about Christianity, what it meant to be a Christian, what it meant to serve God. Um, It wasn't radical. It wasn't, um, you know, jumping all over the place, but they were very consistent what they were. Mm -hmm. You know, some people talk about... um they'll refer to it like the God of the Old Testament versus the God of the New Testament. And like I said a minute ago, I think it's the same God. It's just, you know, we read in uh, 2 Peter 3, 9, that the Lord's not slack um, concerning his promise, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I think that's important. I'm thankful for that. And uh, because God, that demonstrates God's love for us, um, that even though we may be falling away or have fallen away from that pattern, that he still loves us enough that he's giving us time to come to repentance or time to recognize that we're worshiping him in a way he doesn't want to be worshiped and time to correct that before it's too late. That's right. It's interesting, just a few verses prior to this call for repentance that he, he wants all men to, uh, that all should come to repentance. It says there in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 2, that you may, may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So, again, he describes 
what the apostle said mm-hmm. as commandments. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. And those are easily identifiable patterns. And just what you were saying, it's the same God. He also says, be mindful of the words of the holy prophets. Yeah. Because the prophets, uh, uh, talks about this, I think, in First Peter, right? Uh, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. I forget, I forget the verse now. I, I can't quote it right now off the top of my head. But, um, um, oh, I'm just looking up now. I'm right here. I know what you're, ta- I know what you're talking about. Well, you've done this before. I'm right there. So, um, maybe, maybe it's in Second Peter, this is where he said, uh, "Yeah, it's in to them who are appointed." Yeah, it's in Second Peter, yeah. chapter one. In verse 20, it says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So Peter then in chapter 3 is appealing to two sources of things inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's pointing to the words of the prophets and the commandments of the apostles. Mm -hmm. And notice where the emphasis is placed. It's placed on the New Testament examples, on the commandments yeah. of the apostles. That's what we need to be. There is plenty of good information in the Old Testament scripture. We need to be mindful of those because they prove our, that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. But what is authoritative for us is the patterns, the commandments, examples, and necessary inferences that we find in the New Testament from the apostles. So that brings us to a question. Um, Say that I'm watching this episode today and and I've been maybe this is new to me. Maybe I've just always gone to church at, you know, such and such place or with with my parents or grandparents or whatever. And um, maybe I'm wondering, you know, am I worshiping according to the pattern? Is God accepting my worship? What would you say to that person? I would say you really need to stop and consider and I think if you're asking that question, you have an obligation to seek out that answer, uh, to not leave leave your mind in that type of a turmoil. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of a verse over in Romans chapter 14. Um, in Romans 14, verse 23, it says, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very powerful verse. Obviously, that's talking about... Um, something a little bit more specific about eating meats, meats. Off idols. but I think there is an application as well for those who may be in doubt so what steps do you take I think you start seeking out resources for one I think you go to the word of God that's the it's not a resource that's, that's <laughs> yes. yeah, I got to backtrack here a second <laughs> you go to the word of God and you start reading you start reading uh, the book of Acts, for example, uh, we see so many identifiable patterns in the book of Acts. And you just read very, very closely, take as much time as you need, and see if you can find the answer for your question. Sometimes what we do, we use the Bible to prove what we've always done. Yeah. So we start cherry picking a verse here and there and saying, oh, I can twist this and use this exactly the way I want it. Well, that was a big point of your lesson last night yeah and it's easy to do and i think it's it's easy for everybody um we don't always use the bible i think the way that it was intended 
the way that God wants us to use it, which is not just pieces, but the whole. And I would recommend, if you're having questions, that start reading the Bible as a whole and looking at it from that perspective first, and then start using resources. If you're looking at one topic or another, as you read through the book of Acts, pay attention when the book of Acts is talking about those things. Mm -hmm. And maybe take notes. Something you didn't say, and I think the scripture teaches this as a pattern, Mm -hmm. um, there's the necessity of a preacher. And, and I don't mean like one of us who, you know, me or you who are supported to, to do this work. Right. I mean, there's the necessity of a guide, someone who has studied the scripture. We see this over and over. Well, the eunuch made that clear. The eunuch. He said, how can I find you? Know, mm-hmm. Even was, Romans chapter 10, how yes, shall they hear? Yep, shall they hear without that? a preacher. So... Be careful who you seek out. That's right. Find someone who knows the scriptures and, and mm-hmm. sit down and discuss the scriptures openly with them. Mm-hmm. And you, I would think, well, I know, you can look at whether or not this guide is really being truthful and really being right. honest. Because if you're going through these things and you say, hey, look, that. That looks like an identifiable pattern to me. That looks like, uh, because, take baptism for example. Uh, Acts 2.38, Peter says it's for the remission of sins. And they say, oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, patternism is all good, but not that one. <laughs> or they start dismissing things, then that should that should yeah. draw an immediate question mark what's going on here I mean, well, what's what's paul say uh at second uh, second corinthians eleven fourteen that satan himself transforms himself or some versions say masquerades himself as uh a, a red a red being with a pointy tail a pitchfork and horns yeah oh yeah no oh, says he masquerades himself as an angel of light that's right and so that that's true you know there's people we've talked about this before people that are you know satan you know false teachers come in the form of well-respected nice kind loving generous helpful people right and uh, I hope we're not giving that impression here on this podcast. <laughs> I was thinking, what are some red flags? If you're studying with somebody, yeah. what are some red flags? And the one that is at the top of my mind, when someone says, this is what it says, but it's not what yes. it means. Oh, yes. We should run away screaming. <laughs> I mean, just tell it out because yep. you're yep. encountering false doctrine. That's right. Um because, uh, as it says in First Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion, but right. of peace. He's not going to set things up. If you are genuinely wanting to seek after him and follow after what he wants to do, the scripture is right there, and it's going to tell you exactly what you need to do. I was going to say a red flag would be overcomplicating yeah. scriptural yeah. concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that people say... When when they when people have visited our assembly in the past is that it's simple. When you read the Bible, worship is simple. simple. Yeah, and uh, so oversimplifying or 
uh, or I mean, overcomplicating, yeah, <laughs> yeah. overcomplicating, but also oversimplifying in the respect of that's what it says, but we don't have to do that today. You know, like that's just, that, that was for them back then. That's right. So I think either one are dangerous. I, I would add another red flag. Is that when you have a teacher that tries to make you think that you aren't good enough or smart Amen. enough to grasp this on your own? I think that that is a, and there are plenty of people like that, um, false teachers that say, yes, we, we've just discussed it's good to have a guide, right? But that's... That guide is only there to help you come to the better understanding mm-hmm. because you can come to a better understanding because we have the capacity to figure it out for our, ourselves yeah. ultimately and to make up our own minds. So if you are encountering somebody who constantly is putting down your level of intelligence, oh, you know, I'd like to explain this to you, but you're, you're not yeah. there yet. I, I can explain it. I can't help you understand it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that type, uh, that, that I think is a, is a big red flag. And, yeah. It's something that you should just uh, find somebody else because God created us with intelligent, intelligent, and he wants us to know what his will is. And um, whenever we have some someone that, that says, uh, you can't know what his will is, let me just tell you what his will is. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not good. Well, you got anything else you want to add? I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's been great. We've talked a lot about patterns, mm-hmm. a little bit about traditions, and it's so easy to create your own. Yes. It's a real danger for us as humans because we like habits. Um, But if we seek the Word of God, seek God's will and find the patterns there and make those our habits, then we have the hope of eternal life. Uh, I guess we're we're done. Well, I was just going to say, so it's Thursday, about quarter after four right now. So I don't know. I'm going to try to get this up here pretty soon. So uh, can you fill us in on, so last night was night one of the gospel meeting. Yes. Uh, Can you fill us in on what you got planned for the rest of the week? Do you have plans? What, what, What can our listeners expect if they choose to come as we're so pressuring them to do well um my my sermon list it's not set in stone but i kind of have an idea of where i want to go so tonight i think um we're going to talk a little bit about the christian home and and god's purpose and plan in that and and how good of a thing it is and something um i think we look out in the world it's it's under attack. under attack it really is yeah so re-emphasizing how important the christian home is um tomorrow yeah tomorrow friday uh, i want to talk about how jesus is um the word and the fact that the word became flesh and talk about what it means to believe that jesus christ is the son of god um there's some statistics on this uh, a recent study done last year that are really troubling about how few people uh really believe that jesus christ is the son of god it's it's very troubling i think we might have talked about that those statistics on a previous episode interesting uh, even in the evangelical world, um, people who you may know and may go to church with, 
Um, there's a lot of people who may not know who Jesus is. So we're going to talk about that Friday night, Lord willing. Um, and then Saturday, I want to talk about probably putting on the new man and the fact that the gospel is a transformational message. Uh, and what it means to change. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Uh, Sunday, I know for sure I want to talk about heaven. Uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, I think it's a great way to end any any type of meeting. Good place to go. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, I recommend it. I recommend it to a friend. So, um, and uh, Sunday morning, uh, I've got a couple couple things in mind. We may talk a little bit about uh, the sign of the covenant. Um, there's also a lesson I really like on asking the question, why did God want blood? Why does God want blood? Why is that the price hmm. for sin? Um, so it, it'll be one or the other. Uh, we'll see kind of how the week goes and what transpires. Hey, we're looking forward to that's, it. That's, that's the idea. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much good. for having me. Very passionate about this topic. I, I think it's very important for, uh, for all of us to understand and to, to try to follow and uh, thank you for giving me that opportunity. Yes, sir. I hope you and the brother who you're studying this with at home like the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we will. Uh, you can count on our uh, like button and uh, subscription. Work. As right. well as all of our viewers here, if you could smash that like button, smash that subscription button. Yeah. Uh, Help us out. I thought I could count on my mom, but she doesn't even watch it. <laughs> Uh, I know, tough crowd. crowd. Well, again, I'm Mike Baldwin. This is, I'm here with Matt Tyson and Austin Maddox today from Columbia. Matt and I are local here in in Waterloo, Cedar Falls area. And we are excited to get with you and study with you face-to-face. We have tons of material, but... Really, what we want to do is dig into the Word of God with you. And that can take many different forms, topical, exegetical, or or whatever uh, the need or your desire might be. Um, We, of course, would love to have you visit us here at the congregation, 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo, Texas. Waterloo, Iowa. Wow. A little bit. I've been like, living too many. I know places. it's been hot here the last couple of weeks. But. Well, we're close to Texas Drive, right? Yes, yeah, Texas right. Street. Oh, yeah. right. It's on the corner of Cedar Terrace and Texas Drive. How's that? There you go. Okay. So uh, we meet at 7 tonight, tomorrow night, 4 Saturday, Saturday, 1030 and 4 Sunday. Brother Austin will be speaking for us each of those uh, assemblies and we meet every week Lord willing that's our plan our intention at unless seven, we go to heaven at seven o'clock on Wednesdays and 1030 on Sunday mornings we would love to have you our numbers are on the screen I think so feel free to reach out to to us yes sir. thank you and God bless you yeah God bless God bless <laughs>